Good morning, church. My name is Derek. Good to see you. Uh, and uh, I know I've pointed this out before, but uh, appropriate for me to point this out again at the moment. Uh, did you notice how I greeted you? Good morning, church. Good morning. Greeting. I am greeting people, right? Not a building. As, as Pastor Ed said, we're uh, uh, continuing today in a series of messages that we've called uh, More Than a Building. And so uh, it is appropriate when I greet you that way, good morning church family or good morning church, because the church is not uh, just a building. The church is not just an event or a program or a time slot or something that we do on Sundays only. It is the, the church is more than a building because the church is the people of God joining with God on his mission to the world. And, um, and so what is this series about? Why are we taking a few weeks to talk through uh, more than a church? Where is it headed? Well, this is going to be eight weeks of ex- eight weeks total. It started last Sunday. Uh, eight weeks total of exploring what is church and, and what are the purposes of church. And as we gather as a church family and as we exist as a church family locally here and, and the church Uh, universal, so to speak, that all followers of Jesus everywhere. Why does the church exist, and what are the purposes uh, that we exist, that God has created his church, and and how do we function uh, together? That's going to be some of what we're going to be exploring in the coming weeks as we uh, walk through this series called uh, More Than a Building. And on a kind of a semi-related side note, um, it occurred to me this week uh, that uh, this week, in the next couple days, uh, marks the two-year anniversary of my first sermon to you as a, to you as a church. And, and then uh, in about a week from now, marks the two-year anniversary of you. Uh, I can't believe you did it, but you voted me in. Uh, so, so, you know, about a week from now would be the two-year anniversary of this church family voting for my family and I to move here from California. And... Um, and, and while, uh, while I'm still the new guy, while I still sometimes feel like the new guy, while perhaps, uh, as I've learned from others, I may feel like the new guy for a very long time, uh, since there's so much history and connectedness in our small community, right? Uh, so while that may be true for my family, and I, I, I do think this morning it's fun to report how, uh, how much God has helped us to feel settled here uh, and how you have been part of God's care for us, how all in we are. It's fun to report how settled our family is feeling after a really sh- relatively short time, um, you know, schools and in our community and developing friendships. And uh, God has cared so well for my wife, Amy. And one of the major ways that he's cared for her through this transition is through uh, people in our church family. Uh, and, and now on top of all that, both Amy and I's parents will soon live in Dallas. <laughs> That's just... So we came from California with nobody in Oregon, and, uh, and our family seems to be following us, so that's kind of fun. So uh, this is, is my home, and you are my church family. And uh, while this role can be difficult at times, it is also a joy and a privilege uh, to serve Jesus um, by uh, serving alongside each of you. So before we get to uh, part two in our series, uh, I think it's also helpful, always helpful to recap a bit, to keep us caught up, if you, if you weren't here last Sunday, or even if you were, to kind of think about where we've been in the series already, and uh, what's ahead. And so as we consider last week, and as we think ahead in the series, this will help us to see the big picture of what God is doing through this series more than a building. 
Uh, last Sunday's message was taken from John chapter 17, verses 14 to 18, where Jesus says, As the Father sent me, Jesus, into the world, as the Father sent Jesus into the world, then Jesus prays this, So I, Jesus, send you, my followers, my, my disciples, so I send you into the world. And so that was the emphasis of last week's sermon because that was the passage from which it was taken. And this is an urgent message to the church family. And this is an important message to the church family. But of course, here we are with a, with a large Bible with more than one passage. Here we are in a series of sermons, uh, living sent, living out our faith among people that don't yet know Jesus is is one important, urgent aspect of our lives as Christians. It was one sermon in a series of eight. And learning to live on mission is an important aspect of us following Jesus and as collectively as a church family, uh, growing in Jesus. Uh, and yet, that doesn't mean there's not more to being the church. And that God doesn't have more to say to us about what being the church and living as the church and functioning as the church uh, includes. And so uh, there is a bigger picture of what the church is, and that's why we're continuing this series together. As a leader, uh, as a leader in churches, I've had an opportunity to serve multiple churches over a fair number of years, and myself and other leaders consistently notice this about long-term Christians, and perhaps you relate if you've been walking with Jesus for a while. Uh, the tendency of long-term Christians, and therefore the, potentially the tendency of long-term churches, are to get really good at studying our Bibles and to really enjoy being together with other Christians. And these are good things about being the church, right? And yet what we have noticed over time sometimes is oftentimes what, a, what nudge a church family needs, what nudge a long uh, standing Christian needs, myself included, the nudge that we may need sometimes is toward that living our, our faith out among non-believers. And so, um, so, so that's a little bit uh, of what last week's emphasis was. But as often is true in life, that doesn't mean we want to swing the pendulum the complete opposite direction, is it? As we're reminded about God's mission uh, and that great commission of making disciples who make disciples and sharing his love to a world who needs to hear from God. As we, as we want to hear that and we want to obey that commission, we also don't want to inadvertently swing the pendulum so far that that's all we do and that we don't see the fullness of what the scriptures teach about what it is to be the body of Christ, the church. And so we're going to continue in the series, Studying the Bible, each and every Sunday. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to in this series, one of the things that we're going to get to look at uh, in depth here in a few weeks is uh, what is sometimes called the body metaphor, how the Apostle Paul in much of the New Testament compares the church, the family of God, to the body, the human body. And so we're going to have an opportunity to study God's word each and every Sunday as we always do. And, uh, and as we do that, and we continue through this series, I want to help, ask you to help me. I want to invite you into this process. Let's, let's continue to evaluate how we as a church uh, approach church, approach being a family, and how do we approach the functions of, of a church family that God has called us to. Um, and we want to just continue to ask God to help us determine how we can be as effective as possible for his glory, 
right? Be as effective as possible together, loving others, loving God, loving others, proclaiming God's love, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. So, so since church is more than a building, we used this phrase last week. I'll put that up on the screen here. Last week we used this phrase, faith church is a family of, a family of growing Jesus followers who are on mission together. So last week the emphasis there was on the mission part of that phrase, that, that part of a church is to be on mission together. Today we're going to emphasize the part of that phrase that says growing spiritually. Today we're looking at part of a church family, the reason we exist is to help one another follow Jesus and to grow in Jesus. And then in two weeks from now, we have to, have to, we're going to take a, a, a pause from this uh, series next Sunday for a special reason that I'll mention in a minute. Um, and then in two weeks from now, we're going to come back and talk about the f- aspect of that phrase that says a family, that part of being the church is being a community, a, a people gathered together, a family. So open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 3. So grab your Bible or open up your Bible app on your device and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Feel free to use the table of contents if you need it. Colossians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church in a place called Colossae. Um, In your New Testament and kind of in the back part of your Bible, you'll find that uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, then you'll find Colossians. So turn there, open to chapter 1. And uh, in just a moment, I'll read to us starting at verse 3. But uh, as you get there, let me pray for us. Father, as always, we want to put ourselves at your feet right now. God, would you help us to take a breath as Pastor Ed had us do and to reflect on you. We put ourselves at your feet and we submit ourselves to hear from your word this morning. You speak to us as you see fit. God, would this not just be Uh, something that goes in one ear and out the other, but God, would you uh, speak to us through your word and would you help us to uh, learn to walk with you uh, very closely. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Colossians chapter one, starting at verse three. I wanna start really just by reading much of this prayer written by the Apostle Paul to uh, this church family. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, all the followers, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed the whole world it is, be- is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. And I'm just going to skip down to verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk, live in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. We're going to think more carefully about that idea of bearing fruit this morning. In every, uh, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you 
to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. The good news is so good, isn't it? He has transferred us from the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. The gospel, the good news, is so good. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we looked at this verse last week, and I want to look at it again. And this is why proclaiming the excellencies is so urgent. Because the good news is so good, God has made us his people to be proclaimers of the excellencies of him who has called us out of the darkness and into the light. And that's why, because the gospel is so good, then proclaiming the excellencies of him who called us out of the dark into the light is so urgent. Um, I, I want to uh, just mention for a minute, I said I would say what, what next Sunday is. Next Sunday, we're going to take a break from our sermon series because it's going to be a great day of celebration uh, as we... Um, uh, have Pastor Matt's uh, official installation worship gathering. And this just, you know, Pastor Matt's been with us a few weeks already, a few months already, uh, but this is just a, a time to officially install him, so to speak, as one of our pastors, to encourage him, to pray for him in his ministry, and for us to uh, ask God to help us um, support one another as a church family. And so anyway, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, in beginning to plan for that next Sunday, that caused me to go back and look at some details from my installation, which was April uh, 2017 here, uh, uh, beginning my ministry, starting officially as the lead pastor here. And, uh, and so I went back to look at some about my installation as we plan for Pastor Matt's next Sunday, and, and, I, and I noticed this, and it just jumped out at me in, in light of what we're talking about with the purpose of the church and what we exist for. Uh, this jumped out at me. One of the questions that was asked of me, one of the commitment questions that was asked of me by our elders, by our leaders, that I was to answer and to commit to was this question. Will you commit to take big steps of faith as you lead this church and to be daring in your attempts to win the lost people far from Jesus, to make disciples of believers, to advance the kingdom and glorify God in Christ. Will you commit, I was asked, to take big steps of faith, to be daring in attempts to help people far from Jesus meet Jesus? And the good news, so the good news is so good, church family. The gospel of Jesus, that, that God would rescue sinners like you and me and transfer us from the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his, his son is such good news that we all together, me, yes, you, to be proclaimers of the excellencies of him who has called us out of the dark and in the light. And that's why... Last week's emphasis was so strong and so urgent, and, and, and that's why sometimes sermons are strong, that we are to proclaim the excellencies and that we must live out our faith uh, because the gospel, the good news, is so good. And so uh, last Sunday, I used, uh, I used an example of a church that I've been around uh, and it was a strong example, and I used metaphors that describe how we could approach church do we approach church as, 
as cruise ship or battleship or aircraft carrier. And, and, and these, are, these are strong examples meant to stir our thinking, but it was stirring our thinking about how we approach church. These are not indictments against us as a church family. These are not accusations about who we are or who we have been. These are rattle-the-cage metaphors to get us thinking about who we are and what we are called to and what God might want of us. This, this is a passion that God has given me. I committed to being daring and to being bold and to being courageous in efforts to see lost people come to faith and new life and transformation in Jesus Christ. And so that's why I come before you with passion and boldness. Because I want for you and I want for our community and I want for the world what Jesus has done for me. We see in scripture, we see strong warnings in scripture. The prophets were strong about what would happen if God's people stayed straying. And Jesus himself is strong with warnings, including this passage I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and following, I want to read you these verses of, of Jesus speaking. Not everyone, this is strong from Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everyone, it's incredible, it's, it's, it's sobering to think about this, that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will be saved. Calling Jesus Lord, saying religious things, indicating we know who he is, is not, is not necessarily proof of a transformed, captured, submitted, repentant heart. And that passage continues, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I, Jesus, will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Incredible that, that even mighty works is not proof of being saved. Outward appearances may appear Christian. We may do things that appear to be God's power. But true followers of Jesus have repented, have turned from their sin, have turned to Jesus, are submitting to him as Lord and Master, not just on Sundays, but on seven days a week, submitting to him and following and obeying, and as a result, being transformed from the inside out, given new life now and new life eternal. So let's look back to Colossians. If you're still there, open in your Bibles to Colossians. Let's look at verses 9 and 10 again. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why would you grow spiritually? Why would he pray for their spiritual wisdom and understanding? Verse 10, so that they could walk or live their lives in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to God, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And on the screen, you'll see John 15, 8. We see this elsewhere in Scripture. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. One of the ways that proves our hearts are submitted and that we are true followers of Jesus is, that, is when we bear fruit. And so I titled the sermon this morning, Fruit, 
because we ought to think a bit about fruit. And it's more fun to think about fruit that uh, we eat and that we can and that we continue to eat all winter. But we're gonna, what, what does the Bible here mean by fruit? By, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. What fruit from our lives proves us to be followers of Jesus? Uh, certainly, our, our transformed character that, that, that we've been talking over and over this morning about, that we are transformed from the inside out, that as God works in our lives, as we submit to Jesus, as we follow Jesus, we are made more like Jesus. And so we see in, in Galatians 5, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. So certainly one thing that the scriptures teach about fruit that, will be, that, will, that we will see be bared in our lives as we submit to Jesus, as we follow Jesus, as we follow Jesus and we are transformed more and more into the image of Jesus, this fruit that we bear will include transformed lives, transformed character. Not even just one of these fruits of the Spirit will be true in your life as a follower of Jesus, but increasingly all of them as you are submitted to Jesus. But we also see in the, in the, in the Bible that, that fruit seems to also be that, that, that one of the other things as followers of Jesus that our lives display, that, it, that we see as fruit of following Jesus, is that our, that our lives advance the work of God in the world, that our lives benefit other people. And so we, we think, you know, there's, there's tons of places I could go in the scriptures here, but here's a couple of verses where, where uh, just it shows us that, that it just comes out of us, that sharing the good news of Jesus, that sharing God's love just comes out of us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. It's like he's so captured by the good news that the good news is so good that new life and transformed life and his rescue by Jesus is so good that man, woe to me if I were not to tell the good news that Jesus rescues sinners. And then that other verse there says, for we cannot but speak, we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. When we have been changed by God, when we have been rescued by Jesus, when we are submitted to him and being changed and made new from the inside out, we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. So that's, that's a little bit about what the fruit is. That as followers of Jesus, we, are, we will glorify God. They will know we are his followers by the fruit of our lives. Our fruit, in, and that fruit in, includes transformed character and, and making a difference in the lives of others, sharing the good news of Jesus. So how, does, how, is, how is that fruit produced in our lives then? Well, this morning the emphasis, I said earlier, is on that part of the phrase that we as a church family are growing followers of Jesus. So, so spiritual fruit is produced in our lives as we are growing spiritually, as we are committed to our personal spiritual growth, um, and as we ask God to continue to help us know him and love him and follow him increasingly, um, as we grow and are transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our lives will increasingly produce fruit. And here's something that uh, is interesting to talk about as a church family, because I think there's there's in, in ways here, you'll see there's multiple correct answers. How is this, uh, uh, I, sh I should say, whose responsibility is it that I grow spiritually? Whose responsibility is it that you are growing spiritually? Who participates in the spiritual growth process? 
Uh, is God at work in our spiritual growth? Yes, absolutely. God, of course, participates in our spiritual growth. It's, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 that, that, that others may plant the seed of faith or share the good news with you, but it's God who gives growth, right? And in Philippians 2, it even says, it indicates that there is a participation that we have in our spiritual growth. It says, work out your salvation. But then right after that, it says, for it is God who works in you. So yes, is does God participate in our spiritual growth? Of course. It's only by God's grace and by his working in our lives that we are transformed, that we are made new. Is, does a church family, do fellow followers of Jesus, do church leaders have a part in our spiritual growth? Yes, yes. Hebrews 10, 24 is on the screen, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Let us, let us consider how to stir one another up in continuing to follow Jesus, not neglecting to meet together. So is Sundays an important aspect of our church family? Absolutely. It always has been, and it always will be. We will not neglect gathering together as a large family to celebrate the good news of the gospel and to worship him together. We will not do, we, we, we always have and we always will gather and worship. To, God is at work in our spiritual growth. Our church family has a role in our spiritual growth. Church leaders certainly have a role in our church, in our spiritual growth. Who else? Me, yeah. God at work, our church family, certainly part of encouraging us and spurring us along and, and leaders, teaching God's word, etc. But each of us must take responsibility for our spiritual growth as well and not, and not depend solely on what others offer to us. Are you with me on that? Um, in fact, around here, for as long as I know of, around our church family, when, when people wanna become an official member of Faith Church, this church has always encouraged people to understand that, that part of what we feel are God-given responsibilities for a, for a follower of Jesus as part of a church family. One of the things, we teach a few things that we feel are responsibilities of a member, and one is we encourage you to grow spiritually. Yes, we want you to become, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can be a member of Faith Church. Simple as that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can become an official member of, of Faith Church. And then we say, you know what we think the Bible teaches? We think the Bible teaches a few things about growing followers of Jesus who are committed to a church family. And one of them is, you need to be committed to your own spiritual growth. So how can you be intentional about your spiritual growth? We said that gathered worship on Sundays is important. And that's an important First step is yes, how can we be intentional about growing spiritually? We can be committed to being here, to hear God's word, to worship Jesus, to encourage one another, absolutely. How can we be intentional about growing spiritually? We gather for worship. And, and you also know, as Pastor Ed did just a few minutes ago when he was up here, we also consistently encourage you to make our somewhat large church a little bit smaller by becoming part of a, of a smaller group of people within our church family um, so that you can know others and be known by others. We encourage you to be part of a group within our church family so that you can really uh, live life alongside others. And, and then I would say this, 
Now we're going to actually, in some ways, that emphasis is going to come in two weeks from now in the sermon about being a family. We're going to talk more about why it's important to live life with other followers of Jesus. But I'm going to go at kind of even like a step more specific this morning and say that not only do I want you to come to big gathered worship, and not only do I want you to join a smaller group of people within our church family so that you have a group of folks that you're connected to and that God can use in your life, but then I'm going to encourage this morning that, that part of our spiritual growth is to then, even kind of smaller than that group, to be connected in your life to one or two or three other followers of Jesus, three or four men together, group of three or four women together, where you can, again, know others and be known by others, a place where we can exercise the one another's. Throughout, throughout the scriptures, we are urged with these, these uh, commands that, that include the phrase one another, right? And we want a place where we can know and be known and be connected with other people so that we can exercise the one another's. And you see a few of them on the screen real quick. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. That's not always easy, but it's commanded. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Next verse. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Next one. Bear one another's burdens. I, I can't think of a better place for those one another's to be put into to action than for you to be committed to a group within a group, a, a, a three or four men together, if you're a man, three or four women together for you ladies, to, to know and be known and have a place where, you can, where, where you're studying the Bible, where you're asking one another about the Bible, where you're learning to apply it to, to life, where you're, where you're held accountable for the ways that you want to grow, where someone will ask you the tough questions, where uh, they will speak gospel truth into your life, where they see you disbelieving the promises of the Bible, where they see your life or your words are not in line with the glorious truth of the Bible. They will speak gospel truth and life to you. This is so important. I, I'm, um, I'm incredibly thankful for my initial salvation. Many years ago, Jesus captured my heart and I submitted my life and gave it to Jesus knowing that I cannot, be, I cannot save myself, that I cannot live on my own, that apart from him I am nothing. And, and, and he brought me out of the domain of darkness and into the glorious kingdom of his son. I am so thankful for my initial salvation that was many years ago that I have life now and life eternal. But when I tell the story in recent years in my life, when I tell the story of what God has done in my life, it has a lot more to do with the last two years and five years and 15 years than it does with 30 years ago. And, and, and here's what I mean. And, and, and why I'm talking about this is because small groups of men who know me and have helped me to follow Jesus have been a huge part of how God has worked spiritual growth in my life. And I said that I do, I, earlier I said that I do what I do because I want for you and your neighbors and your coworkers and your fellow students, I want for you what Jesus has done for me. And not only has he rescued me from eternal hell and damnation, and brought me into forgiveness and new life eternal, but he is making me new from the inside out. 
Because of, of connecting me with a group of men, uh, for the last 15 years, I've had the opportunity to be part of a small group of men. The group has changed as I've moved or that kind of thing, but I would say about the last 15 years, I've had the opportunity of being part of a group of men where I could tell the truth about my life and I would be heard and more would be expected and yet I would be offered grace. Conduits of God's grace, these brothers in my life. Conduits of God's grace to me. Hearing me, knowing where I fall short, expecting more, spurring me along toward love and good deeds, but offering grace and forgiveness. God used these groups powerfully in my life. He has used these, these connections and relationships powerfully in my life to uh, become aware of sin issues in my life, to, to begin growing and battling them and fighting against them, and, and even to see victory over sin in areas, only for him to then show me another area of sin he wants to work on, right? You've heard that from me before. We wanna help you. Uh, we exist as a church family to live sent, to take the good news of Jesus to those who need it. But we also talked about today the fact that we as a church family exist to help each other grow in Jesus. And that never ends. From the moment we are saved till the moment we see Jesus, that never ends. And so one of the reasons we exist as a church family is, to, is that we wanna connect you with other people in our church family so you can experience this kind of community, this kind of life-on-life -life relationship, this kind of spiritual growth that is prompted uh, in those situations. And, and I've gotta be honest and say, if you are not willing to connect with other followers of Jesus, it, I know it sounds uncomfortable for some, but if you're not willing to connect with other people and to share life and to tell the truth, I really believe you're missing out on what God has for your spiritual life. I really believe that if you don't connect with other people and journey with other Christians and desire transformation, that you're really kind of limiting what God can do in your life. So yes, we gather for worship. Yes, we gather as a large family on Sundays. But we ask you and we encourage you and we're helping you uh, today and always to be connected with a group of people um, that God can really make, use to make a difference in your life. And since the church is more than a building, we're using this phrase that, that faith church is a family of growing Jesus followers who are on mission together. Last week we talked about being on mission. Today we talked about growing in Jesus. And in a couple of weeks we're gonna talk about that piece of living in a community, living as family. Let me read to you Colossians 2, verse 6. You can flip there if you want. Colossians 2, verse 6. It's also on the screen. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, live with him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thankfulness, in thanksgiving. Father, we thank you that you are a God who rescues. We, God, we thank you for the cross, for sending your son, that Jesus would willingly die so that we might live. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who comes near to us, 
who rescues and transforms and who continues to change us. So God, we want to live sent. We want to be a church family that, that joins you on your mission. And as we do, God, we want to continue to grow in you. So I pray that, that I would help people around me follow you. I pray for each person in this room that is a follower of Jesus, that they would be connected to others and helping people within our church family walk closely with you. God, would you help us to open our lives to others so that our lives would be open to you, so that our hearts would be open to the transformation that you wanna bring. God, we thank you that you are not a God who condemns our sin, but who rescues us and forgives and transforms. God, would we be a church family of growing followers of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.